Okay. Hi, good morning. Good morning. What you're doing right there is called bundling. It's when you pair a task you don't want to do with a task you do want to do. Now, the trick question for the day is, which task that you're doing right now is the one you want to do versus the one you don't want to do? I was going to say, but doesn't that imply that I like at least one of them? Well, exactly one of them. Perhaps I dislike both or like both. Um, you're folding laundry while talking to me. So. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Okay. Um, I love them both. What does, what do the, the, the rockers, every morning you tell me, turn on my rockers. rockers. And they're, they're underneath my desk and they, what do they do? They uh, power the microphones. So uh, some microphones require a power source. So you could just say, turn on the microphones. Why does this? Well, because uh, well, it, uh, oftentimes many, many mic, probably the majority, yes, almost certainly the majority of microphones that are produced in the world uh, do not need a power source, uh, but some do. Um and uh, yeah, so it has to come from somewhere. Okay, cool. It could come either from your. Remember to talk into the mixer. microphone. Talk into the microphone, as John Ashton said. Uh, yes. Speak into the microphone. Okay, I'm gonna pause this because something sounds weird. Hold up. Yes. All right. So, how are you feeling? How's yeah. your cold? I am. No, no, I'm good. I'm basically over it. Yeah. All My, finished. Michael got over mononucleosis in about mm, five hours. He no, got over COVID in 24 hours. You've got a peasant's immune system, which I'm very jealous of. Yep. I'm a bit you, robust. I am low You never class. get motion sick. Michael no, could I get be. motion sick? No. Yeah. I've gotten, gotten seasick, for example. Once. No, it's. I mean, it, it happened, but yeah, I, I don't know. You are hardy. Is it hardy or hearty? No one, no one's sure about that. Uh, no, I'm sure many people are sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's actually hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Like hard e, not heart e. I think so. Yeah. I yeah. used to think that stark raving mad. Mm-hmm. Was star craving mad, which I actually think is nicer. I like that. Yeah. But it's stark yeah. raving yeah. mad. One I hear a lot as well. Um, people do a lot of uh, heart wrenching as opposed to heart rending or gut wrenching. Oh. I get a lot of that these days. Oh. No, it's yeah. heart wrenching. No. It's- yeah, but. If that's the case, everybody has said heart wrenching incorrectly for so long. It's now heart. It is now heart wrenching. Like it's kind of okay now to end a sentence with a preposition. What's Just the thing like that it's okay to um, inflect a statement? What is the thing with uptick? What's the thing that we heard the the really reputable guy? that was testifying under oath before Congress uh, about seeing aliens. What was that weird thing he says? Yeah, I think he was doing a, uh, an espousing. Uh, he was saying like espousing, I think. almost. No, like- he was ending a sentence with two. 
No, but I think he was um, espousing as opposed to expounding or espousing or exposing. But there's a thing Um, that people do now where I can't remember what the... This is this podcast is turning into us not being able to remember things. That's called life. <laughs> That's what this podcast is all about. Anyway. It's very honest. People like honesty, they say. I have, we have lovely, some really lovely neighbors. And one of our lovely neighbors, who's a girlfriend of mine, has two very lovely young girls and the younger of the girls is very crafty and she likes to knit and she likes to do little projects and I had at she's you know I, it's so hard to tell with these kids she's you know 10 or 11 sweet little thing and um very shy she used to be so shy when she was little she was she was one of those little kids that would just you know hide behind her mother's leg and now, now she's a little bit more of a talker, but still just sweet, quiet little girl. Um, and uh, I had asked my friend if her daughter would be interested in making some little bracelets for me, little macrame bracelets with word letter beads on them that would say a little phrase she said oh yeah yeah and she didn't know how to do it but she got on YouTube and she figured out how to do it she did a really good job they're so cute she was so proud to show me what she had yep. made and she, excellent I was really surprised actually because it's something I'm always surprised when somebody can do something I can't do I'm like oh my god I'm so surprised you could do that that's amazing I could you know yeah yes uh, so I had said to my friend, I would like to pay her for these. And she said, okay, yeah, that's fine. I was like, she put a lot of work into it, you know? And I said, you know, me, I always take everything so far. I'm like, and if she wanted right. to, we could turn it into a fun math problem where we can look at the amount she made for materials or she paid for materials and decide how much um, she wanted to charge for labor and then what her markup would be. And then she can have, you know, a little business. And my friend's like, Beth, no, just pay her something. I'm like, okay. So. my well, she f- never undertook it with the promise of compensation. Correct. She did it was not. just a little problem. But I'll tell yeah. you, <laughs> once I had told her daughter, her sweet little, sweet, quiet, shy little daughter that I was going to pay her. Man, she comes running out of her house. Hi, Beth. How's it going? Just stands there with this big, broad smile. And I'm like, oh, did did little daughter finally come out of her shell? And I'm like, oh, no, little daughter is waiting to get paid. Okay, I got your number. Very cute. She knows her worth. Good for well, her. now here's the thing. If you have a generational lady, Here you know the worth. Here is the That's thing. So I said to my, my friend had suggested how much I should pay per bracelet. And I said, that's way too low. Young girls need to understand their worth. So I had suggested market value. If I, you know, was on the Nehustraches, the shopping district in the center of the, of Amsterdam. And I had seen these bracelets I suggested that they these bracelets would probably go for I don't know 15 or 20 dollars each euros and so I had suggested it's important for girls from day one to understand their worth I want to pay her 10 euros per bracelet 
so like 60 euros. And my friend said, I appreciate that you want my young daughter to understand her worth, but she's not worth 10 bucks a bracelet. She is 11 years old. She's worth mm, two bucks a bracelet. And I laughed so hard. And so her perspective was completely different than mine. She said, these little kids are growing up so entitled. All they see (laughs) is influencers that are, you know, 13 years old, pulling in, raking in a million bucks a year, doing little dances on TikTok. She said, my older daughter is in this babysitting war where she was charging five euros an hour for babysitting, but then her friends were charging six euros, 750, you know, (laughs) and there's like this this you know they're in they're getting together and inflating what is that they're getting together and inflating the prices what's that called when corporations do that price fixing or whatever yeah yeah they're basically they're price fixing babysitting so i so trust she said we had to roll that back and say no all the babysitters are getting paid five bucks an hour and i was like okay all right I said two bucks an hour, two bucks per bracelet seems very low. So we compromised it. I'm going to pay her 25 bucks. Plus, I'm going to make her some caramel popcorn. Um, very nice. Yes. So she's <sighs> like, she's not worth 10 bucks an hour. Right. Yet. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not, I mean, if you compare it, so there's obviously, you know, little Chinese kids her age uh, that are careful where you're away. going with this, Michael. No, I, I, I'm saying that, that they're working away on our um, iPads and all those sorts of mm. things. Um, but indeed, they don't see that amount either. They probably only see, you know, a buck or two bucks <clears throat> an hour. Um, so, yeah, I think it's I think. Um, right. The, the mother is probably right in terms oh, of. Yeah, the fair compensation that uh, she would get on the world market for for such skills. Yeah, I re- yeah, it's true. When you're a little kid, any amount of money is just so thrilling. So, I'm imposing that's my perspective on her small child. Kids, yeah. But I don't know if that's I don't know if kids have the same. I I don't do kids have allowances anymore. I have Any, no idea. I don't know. Do they have to like take out the garbage? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what kids have to do anymore. And also, do how was it? Did you have an allowance? And if so, was it related to chores specifically, or did you just get an allowance anyway? I think my parents tried to do the allowance thing for a while. It, I was I would call it more bribery. It <sighs> I, I would get paid for grades. Oh yes, 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 yes. The the good report cards. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And. Is that sufficient motivation uh, through what primary school, junior high, high school? At some point, probably that becomes not as important as having more friends with your, having more fun with your friends, and say getting a C instead of an A or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I needed some something more immediate, but you know, I was an ADHD child, so anything right. that triggered my executive function, be it a competition. Um, you know, getting money at the end of a semester is a bit too long term, but I also was like, well, F you, I can switch it on whenever I want. I don't need money. So I can show you that I can get good grades and then I would get good grades and then I would be like, see, I can just switch it on whenever I want. Now I'm going to switch it off. Awful. Can't imagine having to raise a child like me. 
But also um, you could say, you know, if the, <clears throat> if the getting paid for the good report cards uh, isn't working well enough, then one argument would be, it's like, well, you're not paying them enough. It's like, you know, what's this 10 bucks <laughs> an A per semester? It should be a hundred bucks yeah, an A yeah. per semester. Yeah. Or whatever. Then they'll fucking do it. It, it may be. My parents were just throwing spaghetti at the wall with me to see what would stick, and <laughs> like none, none of it stuck. That spaghetti never even saw water, you know. <laughs> right. It turns out it's overcooked, right? If it sticks. Well, so today's Monday. That we, we are still dealing with the long tail, the wrap up, the cleaning, the packaging, the sending back, the sending, putting away the everything of this festival. Who. I cannot wait to get back to normal life. There is no normal. Mm-hmm. Constant um, flux. Yeah, well. Uh, what else is there to talk about this morning? Oh, you look at that. You got all that laundry folded. Now the trick is to get it, to put it away. Well, God, I simple. hate laundry. Uh, it's subsorted uh, piles, so. You yeah, do have just... a very sophisticated su- sorting and subsorting method for putting clothes away. Well, I see that uh, my categorizations are no longer in effect uh, in, in your wardrobe. So. No, because everything gets tossed in there. So I just, so this is how an ADHD person puts her clothes away. So I'm my rack with my nice dress clothes, and then I have right. my my professional clothes, my nice clothes, and then I have the shelves for all the clothes that I wear 99% of the time, t-shirts, yep. shorts, jeans, pajamas. And you have a very lovely sorting and subsorting. So what happens is that I will, on the days that I'm wearing my nice clothes, I'll take them off and I'll lob them over the top of the rack. Oh, I'll just hang those up later. When lobbing them over the rack takes just as much time as hanging them up in the first place. And then that stack of lobbed clothes gets so tall that I'm like, well, now I have to reorganize everything. And so I want to use my shelves as... A reorganization table so I'll just sweep everything that's on the shelf down onto the floor so that I can immediately have my table and then I'll take the lob of clothes nice clothes and I'll just pile them into onto the shelf and at that point I usually like I'll get to this later or I get distracted with something else that I see and then it just stays there so so every all your sorting and subsorting just gets with the the stroke of my forearm Tossed onto the floor usually, and I'm well, sorry I've about that. simplified the system over the years, so I tend to not have <clears throat> so many different categories now, which mm-hmm. I think suits your. I mean, my way of thinking at this point, basically, I have clothes that I'll leave the house in, and clothes that I won't, and so you know, I don't mind. It's so it's like something like, um, workout clothes and pajamas. I kind of lump those in together now like neither one of them are fit for uh whatever going on stage and presenting so in that sense it's all the same category but you're not allowed to sleep in well, this certain is your thing. t-shirts because you're not allowed yes because of my concerned. adhd is extremely sensitive to tactile sensations even haptic sensations i would say so if you're wearing a t-shirt that's got some sort of like synthetic or plastic applique or even if the mature if it's like you know wick dry 
uh, I was going to say, it's not just the applique. So it's not just if it has like a Nike logo on it or uh -uh. something. It's if it's the the material, it's like, oh, there's too much lycra in that or whatever. You can't sleep in that. You can always sleep in cotton or flannel PJs. Yeah, because the risk of me like touching that, Mm -hmm. I'll stay awake all night. I can't bear it. Sure. My bed might as well be on fire. Yep. It's as bad as having a uh, tag lancing into your skin. Yeah. It's so, this is one thing that social media has really helped me with. All of these weird things that I thought were just me that are either related to ADHD or menopause. And you find legions of people online that are like, do you become homicidal if your tag is itchy? I'm like, yes. Oh my God. I didn't, I didn't know anyone else was like that. Um, And it turns out there's a lot of people like that. So it's good for people to. Well, it's just good to know that that you know why you are the way you are. Sure. Or at least, yeah, others are in the same boat. Yeah. Now, it's funny how my domestic life is pretty cluttered and chaotic, but my professional life is quite organized with the exception of time blindness. So I still have, I still am late to too many Zoom meetings because I'm so focused on whatever I'm doing that you could sound a fire alarm, a fire truck alarm and like inches away from my ear, I probably wouldn't hear it. And I feel very, very bad about that. But um, but that's because I can shape my internal world. I can right. shape my digital world in a way that works for me. And I can't shape my external world, or at least I haven't figured out how to yet, my d- domestic world in a way that works for me. And the other problem is like, you don't really care. So like if the kitchen isn't clean every day, you know, I don't see it and you don't care. Um, So that's not a great comment. We have different levels of care, but yeah, there's a relative low priority. If uh, the kitchen still allows us to eat, then I think it's in a, okay. (laughs) But at work at the sparkle jar, you are absolute fascist about organization and you should be, but (laughs) it's weird to me. Like absolute fascist about organization absolute pristine procedure if anybody deviates from the procedure even the tiniest little bit nope that goes back in the dishwasher like okay but i just i held it in my right gloved sterile hand and not my left gloved sterile hand nope yeah well if you've created your world which is external and i think that's one of the reasons why i'm bad at the sparkle jar because i just can't follow all of your like your yeah i can't follow remembering if the doors open or closed well, you, you grew up with someone whose parents, uh, you know, uh, very professorial, mm. professional, um, yet like the first time you visit their home or whatever, it's like, God damn, you know. I thought somebody broke into mess. their house. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but you know, I, how much does that actually reflect on people if their home is, because of course, you, I think we probably have examples in our life as well of the uh, sort of opposite where regardless of how their professional life is, like some people's homes seem so tidy that they're like unlived in. It's mm. like, uh, I don't even know how you could feel comfortable mm. in here. So there's that sort of, you know, homey balance, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it reflects badly when your house is not tidy. And we are distinguishing between uh, untidy and dirty, right? There, mm, there's I think a they're kind difference. of the same. I mean, one sort of... It's not of comfortable. Just being... Yeah, but I think people have different levels of comfort there. Yeah, what you can ignore if there's you know a a few books that are whatever on the 
table instead of where they should be shelved. Is that untidy? Yes. Yeah, kind of, but. Well, also our domestic workable. life is suffering because we've been so, so, so busy with work. We're just trying to get everything back into our rhythm. Also have um, an extra um, 20 legs around this joint. We have too many pets. And they either crap here in the house. No, or... they don't, Michael. Don't well, say no, that. Well, no. Well, 12 of the legs crap in the house. Well, not anymore. They They're have all the so outdoor. Doing it now, yeah, they, that's true. Yeah. During the warmer months, yeah. I tend to use the outdoor. Which is fantastic. Uh, you don't have but to they all have plenty the of dander so as well. Often. Yes. Yeah. I got some very high powered Dyson air filters mm. um, to sort of get the pet dander out of the air. I think it's. I don't know. I just don't like the idea of when, like, the sunbeam comes through your bedroom and you can see all the dust particles in the air. Oof. Yeah, you know what they say about Dyson. What do they say about Dyson? Dyson sucks. Oh, they say that? Or you say that? Oh, ha, 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 ha. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah. Ah. I can't. Anyway. (laughs) Whoa. Oof. Oh, no. I don't know if that's just me being slow or if I've lived in the Netherlands for too long. Right, right, right. And of course, the Dutch, this, you know, rather than a Hoover uh, or a vacuum cleaner for the Dutch, it's a dust sucker. Yep. Stauf. <laughs> kind of makes sense. What is it? Stauf. No. Stolf. Stolf. Yeah, Stolf. Yeah. The Dutch have very, very literal words for things like nostrils, nose hot, nose holes. Sure. The word, this is the most disgusting one of all. Um, <laughs> Tandflace. Yeah. So the gums, your gums, like in your mouth, are tandflace, teeth, tooth meat. <laughs> but, and everything is a potato. Like um, a pomegranate oh, yeah. is a, a granite. Uh, 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 everything's a potato. Yeah. A granite. Yeah, well, well, there's, well, everything's an apple. There's, there are earth apples. A- right, earth apples, <laughs> a potato, hard <laughs> yeah. apple, hard apple. Yeah. yeah, sorry. God, I'm slow this morning. Which is, which I think is um, also true maybe in other languages, French and German. I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, Don't the French, do, yeah, what's, yeah. I think they have some of that as well. And, uh, but gums is a strange word. I don't it's know. It's gross. That word's that gross too. Either. I wonder if their word for zebra is like black and white striped horse. <laughs> their word for rhinoceros is nose well, horn. I mean, they. you know what? They, that carries across to humans, too. They will take the most obvious attribute about you physically and define right. you by it. So that's where their casual racism comes into play. But but we're doing the same thing, right? We just don't anglicize it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's like Greek. Rhino. I was going to say. Yeah, rhinoplasty. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, like, but it sounds cooler, though. It it does. It always sounds cooler if you put a language in there. Yeah. Put a fire in language. Uh, so stuff. at what point do you get to decide what your own worth is worth? Well, uh I mean it's I mean, that Louis C. K. thing like, this job sucks. Yes, that's why we gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean I guess if you're paying your own rent, you start your own business, you're completely self sufficient, then you can decide what your worth is. Yes, except it's always or make sure you're getting paid the same as everyone else who does the same job as you in context and always subject to change. You know, you 
determine your worth, but of course it requires validation. So you say, I'm worth this amount, and somebody else validates you by paying that amount, or less or more, and then you adjust accordingly. I remember the grammatical thing. It wasn't to that they end the sentences with. It's at. Where's it at? Oh, well, that's the, the military fellow was doing that. Yeah. Yes, the guy who's in charge of the uh, fleet or whatever. Uh, yeah, I should know his title and so his name. Where is it? Don't say but, it. Don't uh, say it. Where is it at? Ah, don't, don't, don't say at. Yeah, well, the, the, that's the, the, the answer to that question is always it's right behind the at. You know, wh- wh- where are they at? Right. They are, yeah, behind the at. But, um, yeah, now, so those little markers like that, um, it is a sign of something, but, of course, it doesn't really have anything to do with intelligence or ability to process information. It's just kind of habit and it is a mark of maybe a certain level of education or at least operating in circles where, you know, certain phrases um, are either acceptable or not. I was listening to a podcast where a woman, PhD, was being interviewed and it was hard sciences <clears throat> neuroscience or some some sort of real funda- um, fundamental research yep. her grammar was terrible just between yep. you and i she i mean some basic stuff yep. lots of sentences ending with preposition which can be sort of forgiven but then also um she was saying things like a apple instead of an apple, hmm. and I'm like, this almost sounds like her grammar. I w- is, re- is it was so bad it was distracting. But I also was wondering if her if it was because coming out of this like she was nervous or something, right? Right. Um, or maybe she just speaks very poor English. English maybe that's why she's language, a scientist, perhaps. so she doesn't have to. She doesn't talk too good. Well, and 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 there is that. I mean, I I think that there is a tendency to whatever just to assume that so this person knows stuff and therefore they know how to communicate the stuff that they know mm-hmm. but they're entirely separate um and you know you, you see it all the time in like english second language situations you you know so you you'll see this whatever paper or something and it's like okay well that's not phrased as well as it could be uh but that's just indicative. And then you look at the name on the paper. It's like, okay, well, there's certainly a chance that English is a second language. So, you know, that becomes, I won't even say forgivable. There's no need to forgive. It's it's an understandable and an explainable, uh, well, even though literally it is a mistake, but it's understandable. Why? And, of course, that doesn't um, cast uh, aspersions, I don't think, on the the research itself. But, yeah, I think for native speakers, I, I think you could say, well, but this is how. Well, I don't I don't want to get into it because this is a, I'm always going round and round with um, that fella that I've known a long time uh, about, Brother, you know, like yeah. prescriptive versus descriptive language. And I, you know, being the rules based guy, I'm all about the, the prescript and he's good with the descript. Uh, so. You know, uh, to your point about if enough people say, 
um, heart wrenching, then then it's it's heart wrenching, you know. If enough people say uh, whatever seed change, then then it's then it's a seed change. It's not a seed change. Or if they say but start craving mad instead of start craving mad. If they say mad. start craving mad, then that's fine, I guess. If you go in for that, well, the purpose of language is to communicate. Therefore, if it communicates, then it's successful. I suppose. But mm. we got to have rules. Plus, there's a rhythm to it. Where, where, where are my people at? Sounds better than, where, where is my family? Well, one of the most famous, uh, To Boldly Go, that's your hardcore back in the day. To Boldly Go, oh, where can't, no man can't, is Can't gone. split that infinitive. Uh, but yeah. James T. Kirk, he can fucking split an infinitive. Guess he's get split in Adam, he gets split in infinitive. Oh, oh, I thought you were going to go on with other splitting things. Oh, hairs? Terrible. No, no. Oh. Hey, no. <laughs> what, what did you think no, I was going to say? No, oh, no, I thought you were going way low. With, yeah. Anyway... We're, we're probably finished for the day. We are. Okay. Good, good. See you later. <laughs>